Welcome to Inside the Media Minds. This is your host, Christine Blake. This show features in-depth interviews with tech reporters who share everything from their biggest pet peeves to their favorite stories. From our studio at W2 Communications, let's go Inside the Media Minds. Hi, everyone. This is Christine Blake, the host of Inside the Media Minds. And I'm super excited today to be joined by Mike Farrell, Editor-in-Chief of CyberScoop. Hey there, Mike. Hi, Christine. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming on. We really appreciate you taking the time. We're excited to learn more about you and your role at CyberScoop. Sure. My pleasure. Um, So you have a very extensive background in journalism. Um, You worked at the Boston Globe, Politico, Passcode. Um, Can you give us a quick overview of your background and what got you into journalism to start with? Sure. So, yeah, I've been around. Um, I'm old. Um, (laughs) And I started out in journalism, like, I mean, dating all the way back to my high school newspaper where I was the editor in chief there. Wow. And um, studied um, journalism and grad school at Northwestern. But actually, I'll back up a little bit before that. So after college, I started working in small newspapers in Virginia. I worked uh, at a tiny newspaper in Emporia, Virginia, on the border of Virginia and North Carolina. Hmm. Uh, Then I moved up the road to Petersburg, Virginia, where I was the local cops and courts reporter for a few years. And then I kind of got tired of doing the local journalism thing, even though it's very important. And Mm -hmm. um, but wanted to I always sort of had this ambition to go report abroad. And so. I, I was really intrigued by this journalism program at Northwestern at the Medill School of Journalism and an international program. So I, I ended up going there to Chicago, uh, went to Medill for a few years. Then when I got out, I uh, went to work at the Christian Science Monitor. And one of the reasons that I went to work there is because they had a, a great reputation for international reporting. And I um, did that for a bit. At the, uh, I was the Middle East editor at the Christian Science Monitor. I did end up going abroad um, occasionally to uh, report, and but it was primarily an editor um, for five years before going to San Francisco to be the San Francisco bureau chief for the Christian Science Monitor. And this was around the time when you know Twitter was just getting going, and there's you know a lot of excitement around what was happening in, in social media. So that was that was sort of my entree into tech reporting, mm. and um, did that for a bit. Then came back to to Boston, um, which led me to the Boston Globe. I uh, was the Boston Globe tech reporter, and did that for a bit. And then the Christian Science Monitor got back in touch because they were starting up a cybersecurity vertical, mm-hmm. um, and asked if I wanted to come back and run that. And I said that sounded really exciting. Um, you know, no one was really doing cybersecurity reporting, at, at least at a mainstream publication in a dedicated way, really. Um, maybe there were a few reporters, but nothing like we have now. Mm-hmm. And so that was a real opportunity to cover an emerging field, an emerging beat, and and run um, run sort of a publication within inside of a larger publication. So we did that for a few years until um, the 
founder decided to go in a different direction away from sort of verticals and niche publishing, which was, you know, a bit of an experiment for the Christian Science Monitor, which is a very old brand known for, you know, global reporting. And um, that's when I went to Politico. And wow, this is getting long. My, I don't need, I want to give you my entire resume. But so anyways, I love it. It's geez, an evolution. Okay. So anyway, this is evolution everywhere from like, you know, we're reporting um, back in the uh, 90s on like city council meetings and, um, you know, things like that to today, which I'm running um, CyberScoop, which I'm where I'm the editor in chief. And we have a team of cybersecurity reporters. And yeah, that's that's yeah. where I'm now. Yeah, quite a journey. Uh, so what do you like about covering cybersecurity and, and sort of how did why did you end up sticking with that topic and that subject matter? Um, I, I mean, it's a it's a fascinating subject, and not just it's and it's not just that it's really technically very interesting, and it's a difficult challenge and problem that I think that um, that everyone is facing. Uh, everyone is trying to figure out how we navigate and live online um, in a secure, safe, private way as much as possible, and um so the challenges of how how we how we're evolving i think um as a society in general and, and sort of getting used to digital lives and is really interesting right and it's something we haven't quite figured out yet mm -hmm. um to you know strike the right balance between you know uh easy access to you know exciting new technology while um making it as secure as possible. So it just seemed like a really interesting challenge. Um, the The people within this space are also fascinating. The history, you know, from, uh, you know, from hackers who were working on this issue in the early days of InfoSec to today where you, they've become CEOs of, uh, you know, the companies that are on the leading edge of cybersecurity and, you know, also how it has evolved within the government. So it's just like a lot of, of great stories to be told, but mm -hmm. it's also a, a quite a, I think there's a big public service that journalists can play in terms of helping, helping readers, helping the public understand this space because it can feel overwhelming and confusing and opaque mm -hmm. and um, daunting. So hopefully we can kind of break down some of that the barriers there and help help our readers who tend to be you know in the space but we also write for a broader audience come to terms with some of these big issues mm -hmm. yeah i know that that makes a lot of sense um so tell us a bit about your role as editor-in-chief what does your day-to-day -day look like um i know we've talked to a number of your uh, your team members your reporters and what a great group and very smart people so um tell us about more about your role with cyberscoop yeah, it it is a it's a a, a great uh, group of reporters um, doing some I think some really good work and um, so day to day I mean you know the, one of the great things about being in, in journalism that every day is a little bit different um, sometimes you're you know you're planning stories that you you've been working on for a while but you know then things just come up out of the blue and you're in the chasing story so day to day I mean you know. We're, I'm talking to 
the reporters every day, um, talking to other colleagues in, in the newsroom who are covering other things, figuring out what we're going to write, how we're going to write it, how what we're doing is different mm-hmm. um, from from our competitors and just how we can kind of move the story forward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a mix of, you know, hands-on editing and also working with the reporters to shape stories, but also then planning for what's next, you know, longer term types of things we're doing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and, and also just, you know, staying, staying on top of, you know, the news, which is, it sometimes feels like that's impossible to do, but, you know, just keeping track of everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, you know, differentiating yourselves from other competitive publications. How do you see CyberScoop as being different from others? That is a, that's a good question. That's something that's, you know, something we're always trying to evaluate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and to be completely honest, sometimes it's not going to be very much, very, there's not going to be a lot of difference. Um, mm-hmm. If you're, especially if you're writing on a breaking news topic. Um what I try to do whenever we're covering anything that's a breaking news or a, a second day story or sort of a piece of analysis is always be forward as forward looking as possible to think about bringing in, um, you know, possible solutions to big problems, um, thinking about what's next, uh, thinking about why things matter what it means in the bigger picture and what what's the context so trying to add as much context is really important um um and then i mean i think you know in terms of uh, you know where we try to stand out is especially around policy reporting i mean we are based in washington Mm -hmm. um we we have a special focus on what's going on inside the federal government you know what the agencies are doing so um, you know, anytime we can kind of illuminate, you know, the new, how the news of the day impacts certain policy decisions or might be, um, influencing policymakers, that's where I think we, we really stand out. Mm-hmm. And another thing, I know you, you all, um, have cyber week that happened this past year and have had that for a couple years now. That's kind of taken on a life of its own as well with cyber talks too. Yeah, Cyber Week and and Cyber Talks has become quite an institution in Washington. Um, it's a great chance to not just put on our our own event, which is Cyber Talks, where we bring together, you know, all the key people in the industry and in government uh, and academia who care about this stuff for a day of you know in, really interesting discussion. Um, on and within that is Cyber Week, which is uh, a way that we can promote other things that are going on across the cyber ecosystem that are also really interesting and valuable. Mm-hmm. How did that event come to be? Like, how did you all think of that idea? I wish I knew the answer to that. I have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> so, I mean, I know that, you know, cyber, so the cyber talk sort of grew out of fed talk so our mm-hmm. sister publication within the scoop news group is um you know there's cyber talks there's fed talks um and each publication kind of has its own signature event if you will 
Mm-hmm. Um, Scoop News Group just launched Defense Scoop. So there's yeah. also Defense Talks, right? And I think it's just, you know, it's an evolution of the Scoop News Group events platform. And I mean, it's it's really kind of a way that I think that our publication may also stand out among others because there mm-hmm. is a big focus on bringing together people in person for for live events and conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a huge differentiator for a publication to be doing something like that and hosting events. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, and especially now after, you know, so many years of uh, quarantine, lockdown, people sort of staying away, you know, we've seen just a lot of people are just eager, excited to come back together and meet and talk in person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So looking back at a lot of your experience, what do you think has been one of the most memorable stories that you've written or contributed to? Wow. Um, so as I articulated at the beginning, I've been, I've been doing this for a bit. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, I've covered a lot of uh, tech stories. I've covered a lot of uh, non-tech stories. I mean, probably some of the most more meaningful ones um, are kind of when you can blend the two. I mean, we when I was at the Boston Globe, right? It was around. I was I was covering um, tech during the time of the Boston bombing, mm. and one of the one of the big storylines there, right, was the way that technology was being used by you know investigations, the, the how it, the the role it played in, um, in the aftermath of the bombing. So th- those are really always very fascinating stories. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think maybe thinking back into the um, the early days of reporting, when I was really sort of on, you know doing a lot of shoe leather reporting, knocking on doors. You know, this was before every reporter had access to the internet, before a lot of stuff was on the internet. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it just forced you out to to be, always be talking to your sources. And you know, I covered some. You know, I covered uh, trials that were not very um, pleasant, but there was one in particular one where um, it was a it was a pretty horrible case. But I ended up following up later uh, with additional stories on the family members and how they were affected. So those were ones that sort of really stuck yeah. with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. And then looking back at this past year, twenty twenty two. What do you think were some of the big standout um, stories or industry trends were in the cybersecurity space? I mean, um, there are a few that are really um, interesting and and I think will be stories that we'll be tracking for the years to come. But one is the really interesting um, storyline involving spyware which has been getting a lot of attention over the past year there's been a lot of really important investigations into its use and how um, you know, governments around the world are sort of deploying the surveillance technology to track people and the the effects of, of that kind of surveillance and mm-hmm. that's something that's going to be increasingly important um, I the stories around crypto fraud, um we're also you know you know today in fact there was another case that came to light uh involving um the crypto scams and things like that i think that's going to be mm-hmm. coming that's going to be an ongoing issue um the 
of course the Elon Musk's takeover of Twitter um, is I think going to have a profound impact on the security community. We had a great yeah. story last week just about what that means for you know professionals working in cyber because it has become such a valuable and important communication tool for this community. Um, and I mean, those are a couple of the big ones that mm -hmm. I'm, I just come to mind. Yeah, definitely. I think we'll continue continue to see a lot of those storylines unfold in 2023 and as the industry continues to evolve. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, and then I know you probably just see so much in the industry, you know, all kinds of vendors with the next best solution. <laughs> How do you think companies should differentiate themselves in such a noisy industry right now? Right. So, I, you know, the other part of my resume, which I, I guess I didn't mention, is I, I did where I worked for a vendor for a bit. So I made that mm -hmm. step onto the other side and I saw a little bit about how the sausage is made, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, revealing and eye opening and I think informative. Um, I would say that vendors need to be um, vendors. Uh, so, as a, you know, here's my advice to vendors. One. I would love to see an, an absolute end to anybody pitching um, predictions. Uh -huh. So for anybody who's listening to this, like and thinking about what the predictions are for 2023. And if you work in PR, uh -huh. just tell people, no, just say, no, it's not going to work. It's not going to get coverage. It's just not interesting. Mm -hmm. So there's that because the, 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 and the thing is not, not to be mean, but, or, dump on on vendors and who, do, who want to do this i mean i understand the inclination to do mm -hmm. it but uh, these are things that we we, we already know and it's like the prediction game is just not never really that interesting so there's yeah. that um and uh ambulance chasing is always bad right mm -hmm. so you know major hack happens we don't really need to know what the, your vendor's solution is for it um these these are just it's not reporters aren't gonna are rarely gonna cover that um yeah. and oftentimes it's so hard to respond in a, a more meaningful way in a really meaningful way quickly enough to really grab a reporter's attention um so i will say like i think you know forward-looking um you know, going back to the, you know what, thinking about what's coming or what what are the big issues today, and how what a vendor is doing in an interesting, meaningful way can can really uh, have a uh, have an impact. Mm -hmm. Those are key things. I think you know research is always great. Um, mm -hmm. Research that moves the needle and you know exposes something interesting, exposes a threat group, or exposes um you know some piece of vulnerable software or something that's um that's new and novel mm -hmm. um i think you know also the personalities and you know are always interesting stories and provide fodder for good profiles um and i would just you know think differently about the way you pitch and um and don't don't spend too much time crafting the perfect perfect uh, pitch line because you, it's really it's at the end of the day 
it really become comes down to like connecting with mm. journalists and um you know being as transparent and honest as possible mm -hmm. that is fantastic advice on all counts that was actually one of the right. questions too about how do you prefer to be pitched and i think you summed it up really well that it's more so about making those meaningful connections to resources and, and companies that are actually, you know, solving problems and not just commenting on the latest attack. Yeah. And it, and it becomes, I mean, there, there are going to be so many, there are so many attacks, right? There are so mm -hmm. many hacks and, um, you know, journalists inboxes just are overwhelmed already. It's very hard to stand out um, when you're sending an email pitch. Um, so, I think that the, the, there is, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, as you know, a reporting in the space and being an editor in the space for a very long time, I see the tremendous value of what vendors do and working within with cybersecurity companies and the researchers there and, and the people who work in, in, in communications and PR, like we need that you're what you know, right? Because mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, that's what it's such valuable information. Um, well, I just think you have to, you know, pick, pick when you really want to make an impact and then, you know, go for that as opposed to trying to um, just get a large share of voice uh, mm -hmm. by flooding the gates. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. It's great hearing that, um, that great advice from you. <laughs> Did you, I'm sure you got a- Hopefully, yeah, hopefully that helps you fight your battles sometimes because yeah. I know it's tough. I know it's tough. You know, it's it's interesting you bring up predictions. Another kind of a hot take we hear from uh, vendors and also reporters is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And someone actually asked um, for your insight on that. Like, have you, what are your thoughts on receiving pitches related to that that awareness month? And did you did you get a lot of that this year? Or do you see that sort of calming down a bit? Yeah, I think it's calmed down a little bit, actually. Okay. Um, for sure, we still get it, and it is still a thing. I mean, mm -hmm. listen, Cyber Talks and you know, Cyber Week happens in October. Um, it is something that's the you know um, that you know clearly like we. I mean, we wrote a whole story about how during Cybersecurity Awareness Month, the NSA was using all of these memes to, you know, get attention for what it's doing in cybersecurity and um, CISA was doing the same thing. So, you know, it's something that people do pay attention to. It's a moment to think about, you know, mm -hmm. what's going on in the industry. Is it overblown? Yes. <laughs> do, does it, does it um, get a lot of eye rolls from reporters? Yes. Um but I do think that we have seen maybe fewer fewer pitches that just don't that don't are sort of I'm trying to be I'm trying to be <laughs> pleasant um, <laughs> uh, you know that just aren't hitting the mark I guess sure. yeah 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 that no that makes sense <laughs> great insight um and then just I know a couple of more things before we wrap up just on sure. a um like personal level, what are you interested in outside of work or what types of shows are you watching? Anything to share of that nature? Sure. Well, um, let's see. I try to go, I try to bike as much as I can. Um, and 
I have a family, so I'm spending time with them. We have a dog. Mm -hmm. um, and shows I'm watching now. Um, we have been watching, we just started White Lotus again, which is oh, great. Okay. Um, and what else? That's probably about, that's probably the, the, the most recent show, new show we've started watching. Yeah. I just started that myself. I need to catch up though, but um, it's good so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. Um, anything else you want to share about what CyberScoop has on the horizon? Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, the team is growing. Um, we've hired two new reporters recently, Elias Grohl and Christian Vasquez. And mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, there are more things, more exciting things to come. Um, we will be, you know, exploring more multimedia projects. Um, I think that, uh, we're also building up, um, um, a group of columnists to be doing more commentary and opinion. So I think mm -hmm. you can expect that to be, uh, you know, we really want, we really want to build CyberScoop, which has a great tradition, had so many really good reporters who have come yeah. through the doors there um, to also be a place for really the smartest opinion and commentary and analysis in cybersecurity. Um, we are looking to launch our own podcast, probably in the, first quarter of next year oh, so great. look for that yeah and um and yeah I guess that those are the highlights that's awesome yeah sounds like a lot of really exciting stuff very cool I hope so yeah yeah well Mike thank you so much for coming on our podcast to tell us more about cyber my, my pleasure yeah your experience it was really great to hear some of uh those insights from you yeah my pleasure hopefully it was helpful yeah, and for everyone listening, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Inside the Media Minds. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Inside the Media Minds. To learn more about our podcast and hear all of our episodes, please visit us at w2com.com slash podcast and follow us on Twitter at Media Mind Show. And you can subscribe anywhere podcasts are found.